Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball. Every game can be heard right here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM with an extended pregame show this season live from the Commonwealth Room. And we'll be back there on Saturday as the Rams face off against Temple. And joining us right now on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline, one of the most celebrated VCU basketball players in the history of Ram Nation. Now back here as the Director of Student Athlete Development on Ryan Odom's staff. That's Bradford Burgess. What's going on, Brad? Not much, Adam. How you doing, man? Uh, I'm doing great here. And so we'll start with your time at VCU. And you guys had so much success. I mean, obviously, the Final Four run sticks out. But what are one or two memories uh, that live in your mind? Uh, well, I'd have to start with my, my freshman year, man, just coming into college basketball and being able to uh, play under a great coach and, and better man and Anthony Grant and then also being able to play with Eric Maynard and uh, Larry Sanders, Joey Rodriguez, Brandon Rozelle, Ed Nixon, you know, uh, and just go down the list of, of players that uh, have been through this program to start there and then um, to start with the championship and then also to end with the conference championship. I think, um, you know, obviously you said aside from the Final Four was uh, really, really special to me. So being able to, to go out on top of, of uh, the conference as a conference champion was uh, really special to me, especially after, um, you know, how much we lost from that, that Final Four team. And, uh, you know, we ourselves had internal expectations, but, um, you know, might have been slept on a little bit because of how young we were. But to be able to, to get that group on the right track and, and finish as champions was, was really special. And you developed the nickname during your time at VCU as Big Shot Brad, obviously your big shot in the NCAA tournament against Florida State. And I know uh, I was a freshman at VCU the year after that, and you had countless uh, big shots during that season, like you said, concluding with winning the CAA championship. I mean, how did it feel to have that name, that weight on your shoulders as Big Shot Brad? Uh, it, it was, you know, it's obviously great to hear from people, but, uh, it was just always, it's always been an accountability thing for me. Um, you know, uh, that's something that, uh, my, my father taught myself and, and my brother, my brother and I, that, uh, you know, just, just being accountable at, at all times and, and letting people know that they can depend on you when it matters most. And, um, you know, that's all I wanted to do was be there for my teammates, be a person that, uh, the coaches could, could depend on to, do the right things and, um, you know, play the right way and not be a liability on offensive defense and uh, just just try to um, just just play my hardest and, you know, the, the rest will, will take care of itself. Bradford Bird just with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. I'm Adam Epstein. This is AWOD Radio. Burgess starred at VCU from 2009 to 2012, and like we were talking about, one of the driving forces behind the Rams' run to the Final Four in 2011. And uh, since then, your you know career has taken you around the world and back here in Richmond. How are you feeling to be back here with Ram Nation once again? Um, it's it's been an amazing feeling, man. Uh, just just for me, there's no place like home. So you know, growing up in Richmond and just, I literally, I, I was telling somebody the other day, like I, I've literally grown up on the Siegel center floor, um, mm-hmm. you know, from 
elementary school uh, on up or, or middle school on up, um, just being at the camps, AAU tournaments, uh, high school games, um, just in, in, anything that happened in the Seagull Center, like graduations, like you name it, I, I've, I've been there, I've been a part of it and, and seen it. So just to be able to um, come back to VCU as a coach and, um, you know, just try to help develop the next generation of Rams, um, it, it's been real special to me, man, and just to see how far the the program has, has uh, come, um, you know, just from being able to go to various MTE tournaments like Maui and we just came back from Orlando, the ESPN tournament and, um, you know, all the other, the, the Madison Square Garden tournaments or the Brooklyn tournaments, you name it, like VCU has um, reached a point where it's an uh, attractive name to have an association. So um, that, that's been a great feeling, man. I'm just trying to relay my experiences and, and my knowledge uh, to the players and to talk with the staff and just, um, you know, try to formulate the best plan for us to continue to, to be winners and champions here. I love that, man, and I feel like you could hear in your voice how much it means to you, how much this program means to you. It's just awesome, and uh, you focus on player development of this VCU mm-hmm. roster right now, a lot of talent. Who do you think has developed the most since you've come back to Richmond? Um, I don't know about the most. Uh, I can't really pinpoint the most because we've had all guys that are uh, – these guys are gym rats, man. They're, they're in the gym – uh, at all hours of the day, um, just trying to get better, man, working out multiple times uh, a day. And, um, you know, I, I'd i be the same way if I had this <laughs> this uh, practice facility here next door to the <laughs> arena. But, um, no, these guys are, are hard on themselves. Like, they want to get better. They want to be coached. And uh, it, it makes our jobs easy. Um, so and, and I'd say everybody's gotten better from where we first started. Um, well, I, I came a little bit late, but I'll say when when I started in June, everybody's gotten better. Um, you know, just just trying to to keep moving the needle each and every day, get one percent better. And uh, I think we have a, a accomplished that. But these guys aren't satisfied or, or content with where they are. They want to get better, and um, just the the goal of improving uh, individually will you know improve the collective. So I think. Uh, that if we keep working uh, the right way, we'll, we'll keep trending in the right direction. Bradford Burgess with us here on the Hadid Mercer Rug Cleaning Hotline. So you played for Anthony Grant, then you played for Shaka Smart. What advice did you have for the guys like Toby, Fats, and Furman who have now gone through two different coaching staffs? Um, you know, I just said that I made the best decision of my, of, of my life staying. Um, obviously, it was tough seeing Coach Grant go. Um, and I understood his reasons for going. Um, but, you know, it's not always about moving to, to you know, greener pastures in terms of a player and sometimes as a coach. But um, I stuck here with my guys, uh, you know, my brothers still to this day. And um, we just wanted to, to leave our mark and make something special of this place that we thought, you know, the world of. And we stuck together. Uh, we did have some rough patches with with the new group of coaches, but um, you know we 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 made it a point to to leave this place better than where we found it, and uh, you know I, I think we accomplished that. 
And we're all glad to have you here back at Ram Nation. Thanks to Ryan Odom uh, bringing you along to be part of his staff. So why don't you tell us a little bit, the fan base, about Ryan Odom. What's he like when he's not doing interviews, some of these off-camera moments? (laughs) Uh, Coach Odom is a a great man. Um, He's a great coach. Um, He's just, he's real laid back, real, real cool until, you know, it's time that he needs to, to push push the right buttons to get guys motivated but like he's he's a great guy real cool real personable like you can talk to him about anything he's laughing joking um but he's he's such a great basketball mind man just being in meetings and talking to him and just seeing how he views the game um it's 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 really uh great to see and great to be a part of and um you know just really thankful that he brought me in uh, to, to be a part of his staff and our, our whole staff are, are full of uh, great basketball minds and uh, you know even better people and it's a, it just makes it so easy to come to work each and every day and um, you know give it your all yeah, everybody has wonderful families uh, you know our kids are hanging together um, playing together so it's it's been um, a great experience and just coaches uh, you know really about basketball but also about family so he, he allows families to to be around allows the the kids to be around and um you know just makes it a, a environment where you want everyone to thrive and um you know i think that's uh a, a big part of this game is just understanding that you know everybody has the opportunity to grow and 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 develop uh and just to to bring their own uh you know individual aspects to the game or, or to the group that will allow for ultimate success. So I, I think coach does a, a amazing job of, of managing um, all the, the different pieces to bring about the, the best product. And, and that's been one of my favorite things that I've admired about VCU is the way that we develop and evolve our players and our team throughout the season. And you've been on talented teams at VCU that have endured tough losses and a tough stretch of games, I think back to a, a run of games uh, before the tournament in 2011. And So with that experience, what do you tell these guys to stay focused and stay positive when some of the results aren't going your way? Yeah, man, you just got to, uh, you know, stick with it, stick with the plan, uh, you know, trust the process, as they like to say is the, the, uh, the, the cool term now. But, um, yeah, man, you just have to, to have a belief in what you're doing as an as individual and as a, a collective. Um, you know, Coach has a, a, a great plan for us and a great, um, <clears throat> you know, system for us. And I think that if we stick with it and follow the, the game plans and not necessarily saying that we have executed uh, everything to a T, but just seeing that the the formula is there and knowing that, you know, if we do follow what uh, the the plan is for that coach has, has put in front of us, you know, and the, the coaches and, the, and uh, you know, the scouting reports and, and, and stuff of that nature, like if we follow it, like, you know, the, the chances of success and chances of wins are, are highly probable. But, you know, if you don't follow the plan and don't stick with the plan and try to venture off and do your own thing, um, you know, that's where the, the losses can can occur or, you know, something like that. So uh, I think that um, the guys have been bought into to our system, to our plan, and just uh, trying to execute, uh, which, you know, is, is a big part of the game, especially in March, execution of, of game plan and, and personnel and, and all those things. 
they play a big part, and we have a, a, a young group in terms of uh, experience. Um, so just being out there to uh, being able to, to get those guys game reps and, and to work through things, work through problems, uh, work through the highs and the lows of the game, I think that will really pay dividends for us uh, later in the season. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Joined by VCU legend Bradford Burgess, who's now the director of student-athlete development for Coach Odom's staff here back at VCU. And I want to go back to some player development. Like Michael Bell has been so impressive as a freshman. I mean, what do you think his potential looks like when he starts putting it all together offensively and defensively? Man, it's, it's it's great, man. Michael is one of those guys. Like I said, he's um, a gym rat. He's always in the gym, um, trying to get better every day. Uh, Michael has no idea how good he can be, or how good he is right now, for that matter. Um, you know, we're we're always on him about just trying to to just you know believe in himself first and foremost, and just believe that he can be a great player and he can do great things, and just to go out there and go for it. You know, Coach has been saying, you know, you, you got to go for it. He's been saying that to, to everybody. Can't be scared of the moment. Can't be scared of the opportunity. And, um, you know, I think he, he, he sees it every now and then, but we're just trying to get him to understand that when he's between those lines, man, he's uh, uh, a very physical, dangerous player that can impact the game on both sides of the basketball. And, um, like, we, we need that from him uh, every day. And, um, you know, the, the, the sooner that he really can can see that and sense that, um, I think it'll, it'll take off for him and, you know, unlock different levels of, of his game that he can fine-tune and, and um, just, you know, be a nightmare for our opponents. Of course, the Rams will host Temple on Saturday at the Siegel Center. And I'll tell you, Bradford, as a fan watching this team here, to me, the times that they've struggled this season is when Max is scoring, Zeb is scoring, but you don't know who that third score is going to be. I mean, how hard is it when you don't have a consistent third guy to step up? Um, it it's, goes back to the thing about oh, what I just mentioned about, you know, kind of going for it. Um, we have guys that are, are capable. You know, you look at, at some of the games and the scoring has been pr- fairly balanced. Like, we have guys that are are capable of, of, you know, being double-digit scores or being, excuse me, being uh, any number of score, first, second, or third. Like, we have uh, a fairly balanced team, and we share the ball well. So it, it might be a situation where, you know, we have a different sc- leading score every night, mm-hmm. uh, and, and that's part of coach Coach's philosophy and the way we, he wants us to play. And, you know, sharing the ball, finding an open man. Like, you don't have to take the the super tough shot uh, every, every time, like we, we can move the ball and and get the defense moving and, and find the open man, and um, it's a fun way to play, uh, and it's fun to watch when we're really clicking and, and, and looking for each other, and um, you know not having someone trying to to bear the weight of the the offense or or the defense and trying to do it themselves. Um, so uh, as we continue to go along and improve, I, I think um, you know the that person will, will arise if, if we need a, a another score, so to speak. But I think just being able to have a balance and, and um, knowing that we can have multiple guys, you know, averaging or, or near averaging double figures, I think that's a, a mark of your, your offense and just um, your willingness to, 
share the ball and, and, and play for your teammate just as much as you're playing for yourself. Bradford, obviously there was big news with VCU basketball earlier this week. Joe Bamisil eligible. Uh, we don't know really the extent of the situation. There's going to be another update December 27th. But can you give us a little insight into what it's been like with Joe Bamisil at practice? Uh, I, I, I've been told I can't comment on that, but I, I just will I will say that um, throughout this whole process, Joe has been great. Um, that, that, that's all I, I can really, really say on that. Joe has just been um, a great asset to this team throughout his, his whole ordeal. How much are you enjoying working alongside your former teammate, Darius Theus? Uh, that's my brother, man. I, I, I love it. It's been special. Um, you know, he, he's a special guy, special player, did a lot for VCU. And, um, it was, it was great. Like this, he was a, a groomsman in my wedding. Like that's, that's, uh, that's my guy, man. It's just, uh, it's been great to see how he is now as a, uh, a man, you know, a father, a coach, and, um, just see how far he's gone or how far he's been, uh, since his freshman year at VCU, <laughs> Like, you know, I, I can remember like it was yesterday's visit and just uh, being able to share those experiences for three years. Um, it was it was amazing. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm really happy for him and his family. And, uh, you know, I, I'm excited to, to see great things that will come from Coach Theus. Bradford, really appreciate the time. Before I let you go, I've got to ask you about your senior night game. George Mason, I, I was there. Yeah. We were all very upset when George Mason took the court <laughs> while we were honoring yeah. our seniors, and then you took it to them in that game. <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, <laughs> you know, I I, uh, I was highly motivated to say the least. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, man, it was it was a great game. I, I actually like I couldn't tell you know the the scores or anything. I don't know if you remember the the scoreboard blacked out, so I couldn't really see what was happening and uh what was happening but um yeah it was uh, uh definitely an emotionally charged game you know last game to Siegel uh actually airball I do remember I actually airballed my last shot before I got subbed out um it was like a, a 30 40 foot heave but um I do remember I, I airballed uh the last shot um but no it was, it was a great time you know I wanted to uh, leave, leave a mark in my last game in the Seagull Center uh, just because of how special the place is to me. And, um, you know, I just was, was glad that it, it all unfolded the way it did to just make it all the more special for senior night. So that is uh, something that, you know, uh, I will never forget. And, you know, hopefully nobody nobody will forget anytime soon. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, you made a huge impact on the program and, and on the city uh, during your time here in, in Richmond with VCU, and I, I will always remember, like, you jumped so darn high on your shots. I mean, it just blows me <laughs> away, man. So I, I always appreciated that. I loved watching you play. And yeah. so, uh, but last thing here, what's it going to take for the Rams to get a win against Temple? Uh, stick to the plan. And, you know, we, we're formulating a, a game plan to beat them, to have a talented team. Uh, and if we just stick to the plan that we believe will give us the, the best opportunity to win, um, at the end of the, the time when, you know, the clock's hit zero and, and if we followed our, our game plan, I think we'll be able to come out on top. But, you know, just can't leave it up to anybody but ourselves. We have to control what we can control. 
and, um, you know, see what happens at, at the end of the game. Great stuff, man. Really appreciate you taking the time. Yes, sir. Thanks, Adam. Yep. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new Sports Radio 910 The Fan. Now at 105.1 FM, Richmond's home for VCU basketball. Every game can be heard right here on 910 The Fan. If you missed it, you can rewind on the Odyssey app to check out my two-part interview with Bradford Burgess. The big news earlier this week, Joe Bamisil will play for the Rams on Saturday. Joe Bam will Bam for the Rams. I expect him uh, to get into the lineup off the bench, play a few minutes in the first half, a few minutes in the second half, uh, get himself into game shape. But uh, you heard from Bradford there. I mean, even though he was not allowed to play, he's been great uh, in the practice facility. He's been great working with this coaching staff, being a part of this organization, being a part of this team. And now he will be allowed to play on Saturday. But it's time to go around the National Football League. We all know the NFL is king, and as of today, only one of the NFL's 14 playoff spots have been clinched, and that is by the San Francisco 49ers. By the end of this week's action, that number could be increased to five. Here are the four other teams who can clinch a playoff spot this weekend. We begin with the Baltimore Ravens, so there are Nine, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different scenarios that could see the Ravens clinching a spot in the postseason, all of which start Sunday night with the Baltimore Ravens game against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Another team who can clinch a playoff spot, America's team, the Dallas Cowboys. At 10-3, Cowboys can clinch a spot in the playoffs with a win or a tie against the Buffalo Bills. Should they lose against Buffalo? There are still 13 scenarios that would put Dallas in the postseason. Same with the Birds. The 10-3 Philadelphia Eagles are in the playoffs if they win or tie against the Seattle Seahawks. In the event of a loss, there are still eight scenarios that would put them in the postseason. And the fourth team who can clinch a playoff spot this weekend, Dan Campbell's fighting Detroit Lions. On Sunday, they take on the Broncos. There are a total of 16 different scenarios that would give Detroit a playoff berth, win, loss, or tie. They would need help if they lose. But here's an interesting story in the NFL, and I, I hate this story because, look, I sports gamble. I absolutely do. I use the FanDuel app. You should as well. Sign up today, promo code AWOD. Take advantage of some of their awesome pre-built same-game parlays. But I've said multiple times, if you are in the NFL, you cannot be on the FanDuel app. If you are in the NBA, you cannot be on the FanDuel app. If you are a professional athlete or an official, you cannot be gambling on sports. And on the awful announcing podcast earlier this week, the NFL vice president 
of officiating, Dean Bandino. Dean Blandino talked about this. And Stubb, take a listen to this. He said, the impact of legalized sports betting on the game's referee crews. Blandino confirms that crew members have been approached on occasion by gamblers looking to get an edge and hoping to gain influence on a game that they're working on. As a safeguard, refs are required to report instances like this to the league and are prohibited from entering a casino sportsbook without prior approval and even have their bank accounts monitored for suspicious transactions before even being hired by the NFL. The league will even go door-to-door to talk with neighbors of referee candidates to see what these people are like and what kind of people they are. But it just, it's very worrisome to me because I feel like we are getting to a place here with the legalization of sports gambling that the fix might be in. Right? How many times have you seen an NFL game? Oh, the game's over. This team's up by 21 points, but the spread is 19, and they kick a field goal at the buzzer. Or an NBA game. Oh, the spread was 18. Oh, they're up by 20, but they're giving up back-to-back three-pointers at the buzzer to cover the spread. It just makes me feel icky. You know what I mean, Stubb? Yeah. It makes me feel like I'm not really watching a true competition. It's it's hard when when you get to these like garbage time games and you know yeah. so many people are just like have random bets going around, and something that's interesting is is everyone can play fantasy football still, and I feel like <laughs> I, I don't know if that's banned yet. No, but no, the, you're right, and, and and that's other another interesting part of this is that you know all these NBA and NFL players talk about how their DMs are flooded with people asking them to score more for their fantasy team. And obviously, they're also getting DMs about, oh, I love you, you you made me win my parlay, this and that. But it's just, it's crazy, you know, the way sports have gone with with gambling. And and I guess you would throw fantasy in there. I I don't think it's that impactful as it was like 10 years ago where everybody was playing fantasy football. But it seems like everybody is doing a little bit of sports gambling, whether you're on the apps or old school and you have your own bookie. And speaking of that, Stubb, I don't know if we're going to get to do a Netflix today, but there's a new show that everybody should check out on the Max, HBO Max, and it is starring Sebastian Maniscalco, and it's called Bookie. And he is a sports bookie, and he goes around, and he, he takes bets from several people in L.A., and it's hilarious. It's really good. Have you heard about this show at all? I have not. I have not at all. I, I'm not really as up to date in the TV world yeah. as uh, the other as the movie world. Uh, I haven't heard anyone talk about this. It's it's really good. I believe there have been only five episodes out. I crushed all five. It's easy to watch. They're only about 26 minute episodes. Um, so you know what? Might have to give you some more homework. Stub, are you okay with that, or are you, are you too busy these days? It's a busy weekend for me. I don't oh, think I'm, I'm, well, it's, why is it so busy? It's a Stubb? family Christmas weekend. I'm, oh, I'm headed to Baltimore, point. so yeah, can't. This you know what? I feel bad for you. Yeah, you know what? Skip out on your homework. You don't All need right. to do your assignment. You're already going to hell. The fact that you're going to Baltimore. Yeah, now that I know that everyone in Maryland hates everyone from Virginia, I'm a little bit more scared. <laughs> I know, I know. There really is a border war going on between Maryland, Virginia, and DC. And look, look, if if. Virginia gets the Wizards and Caps, and then Maryland gets the Commanders. Folks in D.C. are going to absolutely lose their minds. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. I'll tell you guys, 
I got up early this morning to go get a cup of coffee at Starbucks. When I returned to my apartment, I couldn't find a parking spot. And I'll tell you why. It's pissing me off inside. I, I have to say it. I'm not sure folks in Richmond were taught how to parallel park in school. I'm just not sure. I'll give you my opinion on that next on the fans. Stuff. This song is so great as an intro song. What's the name of it and who sings it? Uh, this is the song is Lump, uh, and it's uh, Presidents of the United States of America. Really? Yep. Blast it a little bit longer. A little louder. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on the new sports radio, 910 The Fan, now at 105.1 FM. Phone lines are open if you want to chime in. I'd love to hear from you this segment, 833-804-0910, 833-804-0910. I was always told, don't make a blank, a blanket statement here on the radio, but that's exactly what I'm going to do today, Stub. I don't know that people in Richmond know how to park their cars. Parallel parking. I'm not sure it was taught in the 804. Maybe I'm going to sound like a stubborn Northern Virginia kid, a Nova kid. I'm sorry, but I was absolutely taught by three different people. My father taught me how to parallel park. He's got a great way of putting his arm over the seat rest there, turning over his right shoulder, backing it up, and backing it in, right? Mm -hmm. My dad taught me. Number two, my PE teacher taught me in driver's ed. He had his own um, style of, you know, putting your hands on 10 and 2 and backing it up. And, you know, he said, oh, as soon as you see the curve, you twist the other way. And then by my driving teacher that I had to take to get my permit, right? To get my permit, I had to have a driving teacher drive me around for like 40 hours or something like that in Northern Virginia. He taught me his own way. Three different people taught me how to parallel park. And I will admit, it was hard for a while. It was hard. But once I figured it out, the geometry of the whole thing, this way goes this way, that go tire goes that way, it was like riding a bike. And I'll never forget how to park now. But my goodness, some people cannot park to save their life. And I hate to say it, my mom is one of those people. She absolutely is. When she comes to Richmond next week when she visits me, she already knows she's going to pull up outside my apartment, call me and say, Adam, can you come out and park my car? She doesn't know how to do it. Now, I will admit, I don't think this is just a Richmond issue. I ranted about this last year. I truly believe that since the pandemic, since the pandemic, folks have completely forgotten how to drive. They need to be given driving lessons to be allowed back on the road. People stayed home for three months. They forgot all the rules of the road. You know what nobody else does anymore? Nobody signals. They just merge and say, hey, get the F out of my way or you're going to hit me. No it's one, so annoying. No one stops here at a stop sign either. They, That's they, they, a great it's point. It's terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Walking right? around the city, they always pull past the line as you're walking the crosswalk. I right. feel like I'm going to get hit everywhere I go. They only stop if they hit you or if they see you. Yeah. It's unbelievable. But here in Scott's edition, here in the Scott, as I'm the son of Scott's, parking is impossible to find. It, this area has become way overcrowded. There's not enough bars and restaurants here. Everyone says, oh, there's some, these amazing breweries. I want another sports bar. All right, that's what I've been asking for. I want a place to get a freaking bagel in the morning in Scott's edition. But these idiots on my street are taking up three spots. I almost wanted to go outside and take photos and call these people out with their damn license plates because <laughs> there's one car that's taking up four spots. All right, I'm, I'm out there. I'm like, hey, if you could back up slightly, I could fit in. If you could move forward two inches, I could probably fit in. I can't believe it. 
I could not believe it when I went out to go get coffee, and then when I came back to park, there was no spots. There was a ton of six feet here, six feet there, but no spot. I tried to squeeze it in. I couldn't do it. And now I'm parked illegally today. I'm parked illegally. I don't care. Tow me. Tow me. <laughs> All right? I'll slap the freaking parking ticket on somebody else's car because these idiots wouldn't pull forward slightly to let me in. I'm so upset about this. If, if they knew how to park correctly, there would be an extra five spots. And then we've got all this damn construction going on. Spots yeah. are being oh taken up by cones. Stub, I'm livid. I hate people who cannot park. And the messed up thing is everyone has backup cameras now. I don't. I know. But how, I know. how can you not do it? Like, everyone's got one. How can you not do a, do a parallel park with one? It's unbelievable. I, I go off of vibes. I have no method. I just kind of <laughs> go for it, and it works yeah. for me. Ugh. Yeah, it's so frustrating. There is this one spot, all right, that is on Clay Street in Scott's Edition, and it is enough room for three cars. But one car is parked in the middle of it, and there's no room bef before him or after him, and so he's taken up three different spots. And then there's a truck on a one-way that's parked the wrong way. <laughs> And it's got like a uh, food truck on the back of it, so it's taking up three and a half spots. I'm losing my mind. It yeah, is so frustrating. I can confirm the 804 does teach parallel parking. I was taught it here. I was taught it mid-low high, yeah. right here in Richmond. They, they, they told me, and this was only, I don't know, like six, seven years ago, maybe. I don't... But you know what, Stubb? You admitted it. You're part of the problem. You're backing up based on vibes. But I do it perfectly. Based on vibes, Based on vibes, bro? but I got it. I got it down. No, no, no. I, no might have I, to, I might have to give you a parallel parking lesson. No, I can Vibes do it. I can do it enough. fine. Vi can you do it with your eyes closed? Why would can I do it with your hand over your nose? Closed. You know, Can you do it while you're rubbing your belly and no. patting yourself on the head? Because I can. No, I, I can multitask and parallel park. I got my hand on the on the passenger seat headrest. Yeah. I'm looking behind me, and I, park. I have to parallel park when I get home just about every day. Ugh. You know what we need is self-driving cars to park for people. But now we've got, like, did you see Tesla is, like, recalling all of their cars? Yeah. It's, it's a nightmare right now. <laughs> Have you, the dashboard on these Cybertrucks like, are, like, hard marble. Yeah, like, I know. <laughs> you, They're so ugly. <laughs> they look terrifying. If you yeah. crash, you're going to slam your head right into, like, a... I know. So parking is a huge issue. You're absolutely right about people pulling through stop signs. And, and then I've got the whole thing that I get frustrated about where people don't signal anymore. You know, I'm driving down Broad Street to go uh, to go to work, and, and sometimes, you know, all of a sudden, somebody will just completely cut me off, and I have to slam on my brakes. And I'm like, oh, they, they don't want a signal. Not even old school stick your hand out the window. They just, they don't even look anymore. Yeah, they don't I even a, look. I had a guy, I was merging on the highway today, and, and he was merging into the same lane as me, but he didn't signal. He almost, we almost, like, bumped into each other. Right, right. He just, no. He doesn't, no one cares. Oh, it's, it's so frustrating. I, I, I really think... That if you had, and I'm not, I'm not going to make this a Richmond thing, all of America, if you had every single driver in America take a driving test today, I want to say 25% or more would fail. Yeah, I, I, I would right? take that too. I mean, just like, and, and no offense to the population over 70, mm -hmm. but none of them would pass. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, everyone I don't knows. know. My, dad, my dad's still an excellent driver. My, my dad... He taught me well. He, you know what he is? He's a defensive driver. We need That's more good. defensive yes. drivers, just like we need more defensive head coaches in the NFL. <laughs> we, need, we need more defensive drivers who understand the road, whose eyes are peeled left and right, and they, they're, you know, that's what my dad's specialty is. 
He's always looking out for crazy drivers. He knows, oh, we got to stay away from that truck. Oh, we got to stay from, away from that car. He looks drunk. You know, this guy's high the way he's driving all, all around the road, not signaling left or right and, and going 80 miles an hour. Oh, my goodness. I it, get it. It's you, so frustrating. You got to drive with fear. If you're if you're in a city, like yeah. constantly in fear, yeah. or you're gonna get hit. Well, especially especially if you're just walking around. Oh the yeah, city. no. My every goodness. every time I it's a crosswalk, I am I am checking. Yeah, so I, I have the right away. I think the but... driving is bad in Scott's edition. It might be worse than the fan. It it might be. It's not museum district isn't too bad. I'll, I'll okay. shout out the people here. I think it's a lot of like families, so yeah. people are worried about kids. Like I live across from a middle school, so people tend to be a little more cautious around where I am, which is nice. But you go a little bit further, I get scared. Yeah, yeah. No, I I really did want to go out this morning and just like I, I wish I was Superman. I just wanted to push a car forward two feet just to let me in. Like seriously. Get a little closer to the car in front of you. It's like the, you know, that's another part of this. Why people are so bad at parking is that they're so frightened that they're going to be stuck in that spot, not be able to get out, that they want to give themselves six or seven feet in front of the car uh, that they're behind, right? So that yeah. they can pull out. And it's like, no, you, you might have to back up a little bit to get out, you know? Yeah. But, <laughs> but they don't want to do that. And so they're leaving all of this room. And because of that, they're taking up double the spots. And, and, it's, and it's like, oh, Oh, you can pay fifty dollars a month if you want a nice parking spot behind your place. I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not spending fifty a month. <laughs> no, for... and my place it's a hundred and fifty, oh and cars have been robbed. They 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 stole a car from inside of our garage. And I mean, my it's just, it's a nightmare. It's a, it's not good. Why why is why is every carjacking so popular right now? Right? Remember we did the story about the Kia yeah, boys. Yeah, the Kia boys. The damn Kia boys. It's a it's a freaking TikTok trend. Ugh, I hate the tick. I hate the talk. I hate it all. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. You know what? I, I didn't want to do it, but I've turned back into the sports Grinch, Stub. I've done it again! We're not even talking about sports. <laughs> oh, oh. the parking Grinch. I'm the parking Grinch today. Yep, I'm so frustrated. If you want to chime in, it's 833-804-0910. 833-804-0910. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back.